Welcome to Funny Women Behind the Scenes, a sequent covered podcast hosted by international showgirl and comedian Ivy Page. We'll be exploring what it's really like to work in the entertainment industry, from live comedy and cabaret to television and film. Brought to you by Funny Women, the leading community for female comedy. So let's get on with the show and welcome your host, Ivy Page. Hello and welcome to the real life work of art or piece of work, award deserving, flame haired, titan of teas. Yes, it's me, Ivy Page. It's time to take a seat on my chaise lounge in my personal burlesque boudoir as we break the fourth wall, draw back the velvet curtains and reveal what really happens behind the scenes. Now, the press have described her as laugh out loud, darkly hilarious, a marvellous writer and an extremely gifted comedy actress. It's my pleasure to welcome the incredible Anna Morris. Hello, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Well, it's an absolute honour to have you with us here. So I'm going to dive straight in. Now, you are the queen of the comedy viral video, aren't you? Um, I would describe myself as the princess. I don't think I'm quite the queen yet, but thank you very much for that compliment. That's all right. You can adjust your crown. Um, so I want to talk to you about a comedy viral videos. Um, I love your videos. Uh, so how do you uh, start? So what's the, what's the process for you? For me, I have to be inspired, obviously, first of all, to have content and to make something. And this kind of, for me, started in lockdown last year, the first lockdown. And it came from a place of utter boredom, if I'm honest, (laughs) and utter boredom and frustration. And the content for the first one was called Smug Lockdown. So basically what happened is I noticed loads of people doing these smug posts that we all saw, like baking bread, learning a language, going, oh my God, lockdown's amazing. I'm doing so many things. I've like learned to speak Arabic and I've written a novel. Um, And I was just very anxious, like a lot of people, very like tearful. I'd lost a lot of work. Mm. And I... I think I I just went, oh, what can I do about this? And I thought, and I in my head, I thought, could I do, is there a, is there a sketch I can do? Can I write something? Okay. And then I, in the end, this turned out to be like this little video called Smug, Smug Lockdown, which was 30 seconds of all the smug things people do. And then I did a caption saying real lockdown. And it was 30 seconds of me pouring wine into cereal and basically having a meltdown. Um, I do that that outside of lockdown. (laughs) A lot of people do. A lot of people related to the wine and Cheerios. But so the first one came from a place of anger and a place of frustration and wasn't the purpose wasn't to be a viral video. The purpose was for me to be creative when I wasn't getting any work mm-hmm. and just put something out. There was no intention of trying to get hits on it or trying to get something out of it apart from this is fun. And then it went crazy. And I think people just related to it. And then after that, I went, OK, this is really fun and people are relating to it. What else can I observe that could be funny? And my process then was observation and people moaning about things and going, people are moaning about going back to work, going back to the office. What can I take from that? And then the next one was back to work. And then I just basically just, I was on a roll. Like every time someone was moaning on a WhatsApp group or a Zoom chat, I was, I was finding stuff that 
I could see that there was a consensus of what was annoying people. And then I tried to put it into a video that people could understand and relate to. And that's why they did well, because people could relate to it. So is it kind of observing characters? I, uh, do you know what? It was more observing the feeling that what was going on with lockdown than characters this time for me it was more so a lot of my friends work in offices I do occasionally as a temp but they work full-time so I was on whatsapp groups paying attention to people moaning going oh I don't want to go back to work I don't want to commute I don't want to spend 10 quid on my lunch I don't you know all those things and I was absorbing information I think from other people going okay this is fun like this sounds like it's a sketch about going back to work so I think it was it's more observing the, the tone of what people were saying and what people were saying on social media and pulling those out. And then for me as well, a big thing I did was hashtags. So what I started doing is predicting oh, what I started predicting what hashtags would come up. So basically, you know how they had like especially the first lockdown, they said on on this date you'll be allowed to go back to the pub or on this date you'll be allowed to go back to your office. So what I was noticing is when that happened on those days, the hashtag that was trending, especially on Twitter, was, was for example, pubs open or back to the pubs or back to work or when the shops opened. Mm-hmm. So I, I started predicting, second guessing, going, right, in a week's time, the shops are going to open. What can I make that's going to make people laugh? What are people going to be talking about? And I thought, I bet there's going to be a queue outside Primark. People are going to go nuts. And I hate shopping. So I did a whole video on how much I hate shopping and how much I didn't want to go back to the shops. And I made it a week before. I guessed the hashtag would be back, would be shops open. But what I did is waited till the morning of the day that they were opening. And I, I, I just, I waited. And then I looked at the trending hashtags and number one was back to the shops and then shops open and Primark was number four. And I'd mentioned Primark and I'd used some stills of Primark in the video. So I just put the video on Twitter. I put the hashtags that were matching what was trending and that went viral within an hour. So matching the hashtags for me was a really good way of doing it. And it's not an easy thing to do because a lot of the time you can't guess. But with lockdown, the government giving dates, you could guess. Isn't that a really good tip for people who are creating kind of comedy content and going viral is to be, you know, that on the pulse in terms of hashtags? Because often, you know, not everybody knows how to use hashtags properly. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know what, it was something I hadn't really used. I didn't know what I was doing with Twitter. I was terrible. I didn't have a lot of content in that sense in terms of videos, but I started to understand the rhythm of it and what what would make something go to the top. Um And so when Valentine's Day was happening this year, for example, I thought, well, there you go. That's going to trend on Valentine's Day. So I did a little sketch about Valentine's Day. I did a a Valentine's Day um, 2020, just before lockdown. And it was me and my boyfriend did it. And we did a a sort of really sweet 30-second montage of really lovely things. And then I did lockdown Valentine's, which was just us hating each other because we'd been in the same flat for... (laughs) Um, so that was another little guess. So yes, it's a really good tip. Looking at what's going to trend, what's coming up. Like June the 21st is going to be a big one, I think, because if, if things go according to plan, lots of things will open. So start thinking about that. Like if you're a, if you're a parent, you could do something on homeschooling or back, you know, back to school was one. I don't have kids, so I didn't want to touch that one, but that could have been a good one. This is really good, isn't it? About if you're creating video content in this way to think of a scheduling program. Yeah, if you can. I mean, it doesn't always work like that. You might have a random sketch that doesn't have anything to do with what's trending. That's fine as well. Um, And it depends where you put your content because Twitter works 
with the hashtags and what's trending because it's very throwaway. So you might be the popular one one day and the next day the new something else will come up. Um, so you might what your your work might suit Instagram more, for example. You might have more of a sketch, a one a one off sketch or a recurring. You might have a recurring character which is better on YouTube. So I always say, look at your social media platforms and what do you use TikTok? Do you know what I have? used it and I've done a bit of research on it so I know a little bit about it now the own I've tried a few things on it the thing that did really well on that for me was music and I did a music video a music um parody which was Dua Lipa um that tier I called it new new tier rules that song new rules oh yes yeah I love that I saw that it was great the tier system was coming out this four tier system and it was very confusing I did a as a parody of that song and changed it to tier one tier two etc matching the chorus and that did well on tiktok because it's Dua Lipa and she's very popular with and it, basically with tiktok it's very young, skewed for very young people music's a massive part of it it was one of the main reasons why it was it was kind of made because people would take music and do their lip syncing that was where it came from and the tip for, for tiktok that i've read is when you go on it, have a little play around and look what's trending and look what music is trending. Uh, I don't know if you uh, know, but for Funny Women uh, Awards, we've got a new award about content creator, which is why I'm so interested in your process. Um, Amazing, yeah. So in terms of when you're creating a character, I love it when you talk about the, the like little sketches. Is that how you um, see them as these like videos are like, you know, 30 seconds? Oh, they're longer than, some of them are longer though, aren't they? Yeah, I, sketches. I, ideally I try and go for one minute because I've noticed the shorter it is, the more people pay attention because let's face it, people's attention spans are very small um, these days. I mean, mine is terrible. I think with lockdown as well, you get so anxious and so all over the place with your mood. But in, in the digital um, format though, we're used to quick and fast, aren't we? Yeah. Seeing things quickly. So I think that's really interesting that if you're creating comedy content, you don't want it to be longer than a minute. Yeah, and it's very hard to do because you often overshoot. You, you know, when I did the first one, I shot, I mean, I was shooting on my phone and it, I, I had probably 10, 20 minutes of footage and obviously I had to chop it all up. I mean, I was so, I was ruthless. I think it was a minute and a half in the end. Um, and I always try and do a one minute version for Instagram. Um, but the, the, I find the shorter, the better. I mean, when I first started doing comedy videos in 2012, they were about three minutes, four minutes long because they were character monologues. And they worked, they sort of worked because people invested in the character. But I think if I did that today nine years later I think it would have to be a minute a minute and a half because I just think people don't pay attention you just have to be ruthless and just try not repeat try not to repeat jokes that's the biggest thing I was going to say so how do you get a really tight 30 second comedy skit how do you do that in 30 seconds it's just trying to watch yourself not to not to repeat things I think and and, and also just asking your friends I sometimes send them to my friends and go oh do you better yeah I'm quite like which one's better or which music's better um which music track works better or I, I or I just go to show someone and go what out of this what would you keep and then they'll mm -hmm. just go my favorite bits are x y and z so I'll just lose the rest you're listening to funny women behind the scenes all the backstage gossip and more so as well as doing these videos obviously you write full-length shows is the process still the same for you no a full-length show a full-length show is a Oh, you know, well, you know what it's like. It's like a... It's a beast. <laughs> it is a, you know what, it is a beast. It's a much quicker, it's a much longer process because with a full-length show, you have to keep trying it out. So you know that the first time you try it, it's going to... Well, for me, everyone's different. The first time I try something, 
it'll probably all be sort of 50%, 70% awful. Um, and it's very much work in progress with a with a show. Whereas this is very much like the finished product is done and it goes out. You can't really then go, oh, I've just improved it. I'm just going to put another one out that's better if it's the same video. Okay, that's interesting, isn't it? About the difference between if you put it out on the internet, it's there. Everyone's it's done. It's done. It's done. You put it out, then you move on. But with a full length show, you it's a process. It's a long process of from the moment you think of committing to doing a show to what's your title, what's it about, what what's the image that's going to go with it. Are you committing to that? Because once you commit to an image and a title, you can't. You've got if you if it's too specific and then you change the entire content because you realise it's not going to work, then you might be in trouble. But um, once you committed to an idea, and it's it's the process of then what's the copy? The, one of the first things you have to do with the show is the is the however many words you need to put in the yeah, a hundred words, forty yeah. words, thirty five words. I think is another one. Know, if you don't know what your show is yet, how do you do that? You have to keep it quite general, don't you? Because you don't want to commit to something that you then go, oh god, this really is, doesn't work. So I try. I've tried to be in, when I've described my shows, try and be a bit loose with it and go a sort of the general theme then throw some quotes in, in case I completely change it and then the process is just trying it again and again and again until it's right but I always say that you know you, when I did Edinburgh I'd get to Edinburgh thinking I had a finished show having done say 10 previews or something and then as soon as I got to Edinburgh and I fitted it into a different room or then the audience came I'd realise three shows in that certain things would have to go that weren't working so I always say show four in Edinburgh is my final show because I think the first three are always like a mess of just start, some stuff doesn't land. And it may have landed five times before, but it, for some reason you just go, okay, this is my audience. This is who's coming. They don't like st- the some stuff. Well, that's it. That's great because that's really leads us on to my next question for you. So obviously I want to talk about your TV career um, and kind of how a lot of people will think, how do I, as a comedy performer, how do I get into TV work? So what was your progression from like the live to TV? Mm-hmm. It's a tricky one. Mine was a bit weird. Mine was, I did the Edinburgh show, the first one, and then I got an agent through that. And actually the other, the way I got the agent was a weird one as well. I invited loads of agencies to my live shows and none of them came. So my sister um, had got a bit drunk on holiday while I was in Edinburgh and sent the link to my Georgina video to a big agency and she didn't know what she was doing. She Googled Miranda Hart and decided to just Google her agency and just said, this Oh, I is love this. Funny. Genuinely, I've got the email. So this is my sister. She's funny. <laughs> Here's a link to her thing. Go and see her show. And they really liked the video in their office. They sent it round thinking it was really funny. And they came to see my show and I got signed. So that was a bit of a weird one, first of all. That's a fantastic story. It's great. And then they did a showcase. So sometimes when you sign with an agency, they'll do a showcase with their new clients and that meant some industry people came and I did the Georgina character for five minutes and I did another character for five minutes, which was a little Scottish girl, like a shy character. So I made sure I showed them two sides, like two very different characters. And then someone from a TV company asked for a meeting and then I went to the meeting and she'd come up with, already come up with this idea for a show called Bad Bridesmaids, which was going to have an actor going undercover in in a real hen night and disrupting the hen night. And obviously the thing is they needed people that weren't well known or who'd never done anything. Otherwise, obviously the girls on the hen night might go, hang on, oh, that's okay. an actress. So 
that's how I ended up on TV. It was, it was very lucky, I think, because they just saw that I did the bride character. They'd already come up with the show and they just said, do you want to do the pilot? And I did the pilot. And then I luckily did another episode and the other comedians did one episode each, but I did two. And that was my way in. And then the then that, then that auditions followed for lots of things and that's kind of how it came together. So it was a bit of a weird way in for me. If you're a stand-up um, I guess you end up doing more panel shows and stuff, which I haven't done. But I think that a lot of it's inviting industry to Edinburgh um, and that's through an agent, a promoter, or you can just do it yourself. It's not easy. They don't always come and you're a bit frustrated emailing lots of people. But I think video content is really good now as well, especially like because a lot of people have to do that in lockdown. So if you can send someone a link to a video, that's how I got an agent. Now it doesn't work all the time, but at least they can press play and not have to go out the house and go and watch a show. This is Funny Women Behind the Scenes. If you want to know more about us, visit www.funnywomen.com. So uh, let's talk about, you've just had a... um fantastic episode haven't you on radio 4 yes i've just done a radio 4 comedy special called kid life crisis which went out in february and that's that's the most recent thing i've done and that's the first time i've done a radio show that's a, do you know what that's the first commission i've had for something on my own so tell us tell us about that um do you know what that was a weird that whole thing this really weird how that came about in a very weird way as well for me all the, it, it feels to me like a lot of things and i think a lot of artists will agree a lot of the things you end up doing are not the ones you set out to do, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I can concur so with I'm that. Gonna, I want to write a sitcom or I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then you suddenly find yourself getting diverted and something else completely comes up and you go, oh, that's not what I had in mind, but fine. Um, and this basically, this was a stand-up special about um, me turning 40 and not having kids and not being sure about having kids. And that is not what I wanted to do, if I'm honest. I wanted to do a character show. I went to see the commissioner for comedy at Radio 4 um, just to have a chat and a coffee. And she's, she's lovely. She's very good at giving advice. And I said, I'd love to, you know, try and get something commissioned. And, then, and with the BBC, you have, to go through, you have to go through a producer and you have to go through lots of online. There's a whole online database. You have to sort of like go through that. And it's quite complicated. But I said, can I just run some ideas past you and I went to talk to her about my characters but she was so friendly and lovely I ended up having a rant at her about turning 40 and not having kids and people constantly asking me and me getting frustrated and upset about it and she thought it was really interesting plus funny plus poignant plus and I I joked and went I'm not having a midlife crisis I'm having a kid life crisis and she went that's the show please can you pitch it and I was like, sorry. I was like, no, that's not that's not what I wanted to do. I don't do stand-up. And she said, but you've just made me laugh. And I was like, yeah, but I'm never me. I'm always a character. And then the rest is history. I ended up finding a producer and going through a production company. And we, ha- we went through several rounds. We have to write the copy for the what it would be. And then you write a full-length proposal if you get through that round. And I have to be honest, I got the commission and I was absolutely shocked and terrified because I was like, I don't do straight stand up. How am I going to do this? So this that's the thing, isn't it? So I was going to ask you, in your opinion, is there a difference between being a comedy performer and, and a stand up? For me, there is because I found and I suppose it depends what kind of stand up you do, because I think everyone has a persona I think when people do stand-up, they probably have a persona because they sort of protect protect themselves a bit with a slightly heightened version of themselves or 
perhaps not I don't know um and for me when I was a performer I was I was kind of taking on characters and either my own scripts or other people's but not being me at all and I think when I the difference for me was doing the stand-up it was very very much me and my voice and 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 that's very different to me doing characters and that that was scary because I find I wasn't very confident as me which is why I do characters and it's why I play high status women I've realized I write a lot of high status characters because in everyday life I don't feel like that um what top tips would you give our listeners who are going to enter the content creator award category this year as somebody that's you know I would say I'm always just check if your work's original like just double check that no one's done it first or done it better because that's one thing sometimes I'll come up with an idea and I'll I'll have to look it up because I like the Dua Lipa one I went I bet someone's thought of this surely someone's thought of this like when we did the Jolene vaccine one I was like surely someone has thought of this and there were a couple of people on Twitter that had sung vaccine as a chorus and that's it and I had to check. I didn't want it to look like I was copying and I had to make sure my lyrics were, were very unique and original and get on it quickly. So first of all, check that no one's done it and you're being a bit original and as original as you can be. Um, I would say keep it keep it as short as it needs to be. Don't make it too long. Make it short and snappy and show your friends your first drafts. Um, keep it simple as well. I don't think you have to be you have to go over the top to make an idea work. The simplest ideas can be some of the best ideas. Um, sometimes going over the top and, and, and giving yourself an impossible task can hinder something and um, it's not always the best work. So I think keep it simple. Keep, if, if, if the strength of it, if, if, the, if it's funny or you're funny, then just, just trust yourself. Um, before we go, I have one more question for you. Um, what makes a good comedy character when you're writing them? A good comedy character is someone... I think you need to know in the first five seconds who they are and what they're what they want and what their status is. So my Georgina one, the first thing I said was, Hello, my name's Georgina and I am engaged. I've been engaged for a year. And the, you know straight away she's posh, she's smug, and she's she thinks she's above you. Just ma- make it clear in the first five seconds and try and pick a character that people can relate to or they've met. And it's relatable. If it's completely surreal and weird, you haven't, you can't really go very far. It's, if it's an, if it's a version of someone that people will have met, then you've you've got something, you've got some gold there, and then then you can have fun with it and exaggerate it all. And what's next for you? What's the next thing you're doing? Um, I've got a couple of TV sitcoms I'm working on developing. Um, oh, exciting! Which is exciting. I've got a couple of things in with some companies. I mean, I say that because some of them were rejected last week, so. I've got now, like, I think I've got two left, two down, two to go. That's part um, of it though, isn't it? Isn't there the oh my, kind well, of... at the moment, hits, I'm misses. Very much it's a real waiting for news thing and thinking of maybe trying to write a book, trying to turn my Radio 4 show into a book. And I've sent, well, I've sent it, I've sent some ideas off to some literary editors, a literary agent, sorry, and I've, I've started having some rejections back, but I know that that's the process. And I'm going to keep, I'm just going to keep trying and see if anyone wants it. Well, Anna, I know at Funny Women, we'd love for you to come and do some more workshops um, with us. So I would love to, especially the comedy, um, the content stuff. That would be really fun, actually, to try and help people come up with some stuff and do a little showcase and, and things. Also, collaborating. That's one more thing I'd say. If you're, if you're too scared to do it on your own, just collaborate. And well, it's just great because it's just two heads together with very silly ideas, just being silly. And it's lovely. And I don't feel so alone doing it. <laughs> 
Well, you're not alone. You have us at Funny Women, Anna. No, very supportive, which is lovely. Uh, well, yeah, still, I love this community so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to um, to chat to you. Uh, thank so you. thank you very much. And before you go, tell um, everybody where they can go and find you online. Um, you can go, if you want to listen to Kid Life Crisis, it's on BBC Radio 4, it's on BBC Sounds. And you can go on my website, annamorris.co.uk, and a lot of my videos are on there. I'm luring her out of the gin cabinet and there are quite a few empty bottles in there, let me tell you. It is Lynn Parker. Hello. That's how Hi. I've been enjoying my smug lockdown. <laughs> I've, well, a little birdie tells me that you like Bluebridge in. Oh, I don't know who that could be, but yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about online content. In the Funny Women Awards this year, you can enter the comedy shorts can't you yes there there are two very definite awards that address the whole arena of content uh one is the comedy shorts where you enter in the normal way uh registration is open so you can go on the website and and check it out but that's where you produce a an up to up to six minutes of narrative with you as a character you could do a short film it's your it's your opportunity to do all the things that Anna talked about editing yes. music sketch you know it it's it's a very definite platform for your talents um and then we've introduced a new award uh, again adapting to the whole online space we've invented a new award this year called the comedy content creator which is a nomination award so you can nominate yourself but the person with the most votes wins so if you are a creator what you have to do is get your work in front of people so not only do you have to put something on tiktok or instagram or facebook or whatever platform you want to use part of the the part of the whole process is getting other people to like your stuff and share it so you know you're not going to win that award if you only get if you only nominate yourself and just sit there waiting for everyone to well, give you a prize. Well, it goes back to what Anna yeah. was saying, yes. doesn't it? About yeah. um, who's going to share your work. And Absolutely kind of, right. I yeah. really liked that uh, piece of advice yeah. she gave about how, you know, creating characters that people recognise. Yes. And, she, and Anna's got that down pat. I mean, you know, we first saw her... Actually, we've known Anna a long time because she was originally part of a double act uh, and I think reached the final of the awards in one year. And then she went on to one, win the Best Show Award in 2016. Uh, and I'm, I have to say I'm a huge fan of her work. I think she's she's very funny and brilliant and bridezillas everywhere beware <laughs> she just is great so if anyone's thinking of getting married this year watch anna it might change your mind <laughs> it's so well observed and so funny and of course as a live show it's different every time she does it because what she didn't talk about was in the collaboration process she uses the audience as part of the show which you've seen and i've seen at edinburgh and it's truly brilliant and I think that's what people see in her. And I, I'm, I think it's absolutely amazing that she's getting all these opportunities to do the TV, you know, and people are realising her talent. 
Well, she gave us so much advice, didn't she, for, you know, comedians who would be listening to this and be thinking about, I've never created work online or um, assuming that you have to be some high tech wizard to be able to create a comedy video. But the fact I thought this was really interesting and I didn't actually realise this about it needs to be no longer than a minute. Yeah, there are different... If you're thinking of doing any of these things, please visit the website, um, our awards website, www.funnywomenawards.com, because for each of our categories, it gives you the length that you need. And it is different. You know, TikTok is very short form. Um, If you're putting something on Instagram, there is an ideal length where it doesn't cut out, so you can actually watch the whole thing before it goes into some question where it asks you if you want to carry on watching um i've explained that very badly but it's all on the website um but yeah there are time parameters for everything not set by us this is set by the by the social media um platforms themselves so it's worth doing your homework yeah and i think it's a really exciting time actually um you know if you write comedy or you're creating comedy characters and you don't maybe you might not even want to do stand up but you're funny and you're creating these funny Mm. characters um there's there's this huge well there's a worldwide platform for you yeah exactly and and that's again something that's evolved in the well it's be the 18th funny women awards this year so when you think when we started there was just one award and it was a stand-up performance award now the opportunities are far greater because you might be a brilliant writer and you might just want to you know put a script together that you get other people to perform for you you so you've got that opportunity there's the short form content there's the longer form content you know the 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 world is your oyster if you want to make it i think what anna said that's resonated with me the most is about being open you know Mm -hmm. she's what she said that lockdown um what lockdown did for her was she didn't have any work so she thought what she could do and she was she adapted and she tried stuff out i mean i think a lot of us do the old self-sabotage and we think oh i can't edit my own stuff and i don't look great on video and oh i don't know what to talk about actually just dive in and have a go you know it's like making a podcast you know i actually have to say when we were on the you know teaching on the comedy crash course one of the things i loved you know the end workshop for those of you that have never done the comedy crash course you need to go and do it um is i loved that some of the participants had actually used videos for their end performance yes yes, yeah and and again they're encouraged to do that we we do try and make it so that if you don't want to do that, you can do your performance live at the end of the week. Um, and you also get feedback from the facilitators like ourselves and whoever else is on the, on the course with us. It's a fantastic format and we're fully planning to carry on with it post lockdown because, you know, for an hour a day for a week, you know, you can pick up so much. It's a, an amazing, I think it's one of our, our best initiatives that have come out of the whole lockdown period. But again, that was about being open and listening to what people wanted you know we adapted the awards last year for the for the space and actually a lot of what we learned last year we're carrying forward into this year so Anna's message about trying stuff out being open being brave I love that I mean that just embodies everything 
that you need to know about being a success in comedy yeah and I think as well you should never get complacent with that whatever point you're at in your career I do think you should be brave and be open you know it's interesting to me about Anna saying about not doing you know stand up in its traditional context Mm. and that show was the one you know a, a, a new experience for her because I can understand that you know I'm a comedy person who maybe hasn't done stand-up and then started to do stand-up and it was terrifying but brilliant and pushed my work yes yeah and we've seen all these hundreds of women come through the course over the summer over last year and some of them never done anything and suddenly they're on a zoom performing stand-up doesn't get any better than that i love the other thing i I, I, to tie it up is i love the fact that it's about collaboration which again is you know exactly as anna said you know collaborate with people and network which is what the courses do um you know people are working outside of the courses together now which is brilliant um it's all part i love this idea of collaboration and ensemble working and the community really effective Mm. the comedy community the worldwide comedy community actually um that you know we've we're all a part of which we've created anyway i'm exhausted now can i go I know. And, so, yeah, can well, i hit you know the what? cabinet again <laughs> i'm gonna go and uh, uh, i'm <laughs> opening that gin cabinet i've restocked <laughs> i've restocked it for you so there's some some treats in there for you thank and, you uh, and i'll see you next time thanks ivy you've been listening to funny women behind the scenes with ivy page if you like us please subscribe review and share 